0: another
1: shot. Hey, yo, what's going down? I'm OD, and this is Slump Sessions. We out here, we back. You know, I took a little break, but I had to come back. With the man himself, the one to only mister f fred on him. Yes, sir. In the building. Hey. You already know. Man, whenever we did a lunatics interview. Yeah. Uh, I think that was actually a couple years ago. Maybe. Uh, I think it was. Uh, Might have yeah. been last. Yeah. It was like maybe a year and a half. So whenever we did that one, I was like, I have to get Fred to do For his sure. own. He has to get his own. Because the crazy thing is, you have a personality that people don't know because you're on the back facts. end of a lot of things facts and uh producers don't really get the love that they that they should Oh, yeah we don't get the credit
0: i say dj's don't get the credit but we kind of like the we we're like a dj you feel me but we're not dj's but i think dj's don't get enough credit you know what I'm dj saying? i actually i think DJs anybody get who the least respect shout out to every dj Hey, shout out to you the djs i rock with all the djs if it we wasn't for djs i wouldn't even be who i am so
1: i think anybody who's not the artist doesn't get the respect that they Thanks. should producers engineers do a, a crazy job too engineers too shout out to engineers shout out, shout to, shout engineers. out
0: to bruce bruce bang black card steve and my guys they let me use this studio all the time shout out to everybody that's rocking with iMix
1: Houston iMix certified hey shout out to everybody but let's get it started from the beginning and who is fred on them man and fred on them
0: is a a very talented young man that came from the trenches and made it out and i just been reaching back, trying to put everybody in the spotlight because if it wasn't for everybody rocking with me, I wouldn't be here. So I got to reach back and make sure, you know, I keep the city alive, keep the culture alive because this is what I love, you know.
1: And that's important, uh, at least to me, uh, of of you saying that you reach back and, you know, you help other people. Yeah. That I think that's something that... Uh, you know, it's not done enough, and just yeah, and, and just all over in general. A lot of people like to look out for themselves, and Facts. and uh, I mean, I get it, I get it on that end, but I'm also the the type that I'm always uh, wanting to help somebody else out. For sure, because you never know, whenever what what little thing you do for somebody, how far it'll go.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. Like when I was coming up. It was a couple people, you know, that I wanted to work with and do stuff with, and they didn't necessarily give me the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? But I still reach back when I got my plateau, and I still reach back and help them, you know what I'm saying? That's just the type of guy I am. Yeah,
1: and it goes a long way, and it, it says a lot about a person's character, to yeah, be honest. Man. So, where are you from, and, and how did you kind of get started in all this? I'm from Southwest, A-Leaf, Texas.
0: To be exact, um, I don't like to say it a lot, but, you know, uh, I was raised on Forum Park. Everybody knows about Forum Park. Uh, i pretty much, you know, been around the whole area, Ailey, from Bissonnette all the way down to Highway 6. And okay. So on and so forth, you know.
1: And... You said you don't like to, to to say it too often, but what about that area kind of crafted you or like shaped you to who you are today? Uh,
0: just you know, seeing what was going on at a very early age and just wanting to get away from there, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that it was just just bad for me, but I just understood at an early age that this is not the environment that I want to be around. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like my mom, she did one hell of a job to you know keep me from being in the streets over there you know that's crip territory a lot of prostitutes over there you know a lot of just a lot of stuff and i did what i had to do you know i was smart i'm very smart so from the age of five all the way up to i want to say 14 yeah i kind of like stayed back and forth over in that area okay you know Hey,
1: shout out to all the moms out there, man. Right? Yeah, shout out to mama. You know I love you, baby. That's my baby. <laughs> hey, so did you always know that you wanted to do music, or how did you get into that? Was there always music around the house, or?
0: Man, music is everything to my family. Like, my grandmother and my grandfather, rest in peace, to my grandfather, Gerald White, rest in peace, to my grandmother, Oprah Johnson and James Johnson. Uh, They played a lot of music, man, like. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Gap Band, Al Green, um, James Brown, okay, uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays. I can go on for days, but music has always been around. I didn't really necessarily think about doing music till I was in middle school because I used to get home from school, and I used to stay on Dairy Astrid and Bissonette right there across the street from Elsie, everybody know the Mint. <laughs> I used to stay in the Mint, so the Mint, it was uh, crip territory as well. <laughs> there was a lot of banging and stuff going on around that area. So around that time of middle school, I used to just stay in the house. Yeah. And uh, at the time, my dad, he was married to my stepmom. She had like five, six girls, plus my sister. So it was just a house full of women. And I had to find something for me. You know what I'm saying? And when I was like five or six, my mom bought me a keyboard. She even put me in piano lessons and shit like that. Okay. And uh, I ended up moving with my dad. And she was cleaning out her store. She was like, I spent all this money on this keyboard. You don't even use it. You need to come and get it. So I went over and got it. And it used to just sit in the hallway closet in the apartment. And... I used to just be so bored, I didn't know what to do. And one day I just pulled it out and uh, I couldn't really record anything. Yeah. But I could split the keyboard down the middle. So I would have the piano on half of the keys and then I had drums on the other half. Okay. And I'll just sit there and just play with the bass drum and the clap and the snare, the hi hats and play a little keys on it, you know? And I was like, man, I could really do this. What if I could make my own bass lines? Because, like, Growing up, like I say, music was a real big thing for my yeah. family. So, like, my dad, he used to listen to Scarface, Snoop Dogg, Tupac. Um, who else? Uh, Ghetto Boys. Fat Pat a lot. A lot of Fat Pat, a lot of Little Kiki. Just a lot of, like, real, like, yeah, gangster Southern, like, the real music. So... Every system like back in the day my dad was a slab rider like he used to have a slab like he was in the streets back in the day so My daddy had a slab and he had four 15s in his slab. Oof. And uh Just over time you know every car every vehicle he had he would put a system in it. Yeah. So I used to ride in the front seat with him all the time. We used to go to South Park and I used to go to my god brother's house. Shout out to the Dre my uncle Greg and Rhonda. Tremaine and Brandon, uh, Uncle Andre, Uncle Lindbergh, we all used to, like, just hang, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) and listen to music and turn the bass knob up and just bang bass all day. So I was like, man, what if I could tell people Trunks up with my own shit? And then I want to say, like, a couple years later when I got in high school, I figured out how to make beats on FL Studio, and it was up.
1: And uh, back then, a lot of that music was like bass driven. Yeah, a real bass driven. A <laughs> lot of a lot of bass lines and stuff. And for you as a kid to to, to catch on to that and want to be that is crazy. Because a lot of kids are were, are now are probably in that same position you were in. Yeah, they got that keyboard and they don't know what to do. Yeah, and uh, it's impo- I think it's important to have a have some kind of out. Uh, what is it like an outlook or an out? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to do whenever whenever you're that young, especially whenever you're so impressionable and stuff. Yeah, you got to have an outlet, man, because if you don't have an
0: outlet, something that'll keep you from getting in trouble, you're going to get in trouble. Because I could have gotten so much trouble easily. And then
1: you never know the potential that you have unless you try something.
0: Yeah, for sure. I always knew I'd be great at something. I just didn't know what, but music really touched my soul it did something for me it was therapeutic like i went through a lot as a kid you know what yeah. i'm saying and that was the only thing i could turn to to make me happy you know i didn't turn to drugs i didn't turn to the streets i didn't turn to anything that would jeopardize my life my mind my yeah. freedom music was my savior
1: that that's important that's yeah. that's good and uh, I know before we started doing this, you talked about one of your teachers having a, an oh, NPC. Yeah. Shout out to Miss Thorpe. I don't know where Miss Thorpe at. <laughs> hey, whatever gotta, she's doing,
0: yeah. I gotta ask my mama where she at. but uh, my sister, uh, Crystal, her mom, you know, we have my siblings, we have the same father. I'm okay. the only child between me and my mom, uh, my mom and dad. So, my sister, Crystal, her mom, she she knows miss thorpe miss thorpe was my band teacher at ollie middle school and she was teaching us rudiments and stuff i was in the marching band side of the band so um i played snare tenor tri toms quads I bass tried.
1: drum. i was i was <laughs> in the band they i was so bad um they they would put me like on the xylophone and the triangle oh
0: yeah you played you played
1: percussionist yeah, yeah yeah
0: so i was a percussionist in uh she would teach us rudiments and stuff like that and she wanted us to really understand tempos and you know uh um, quarter notes half notes eighth notes triplets all the six-tips. measures and everything yeah, and- all the measures and signatures and all yeah. of that so she bought an npc to school one day Ooh. And she let us play with it for a couple minutes each one of us had a time period to where we could mess around with it i didn't know what i was doing but just for me to you know Touch it and hands I've seen, on. Yeah, I've seen people use it to make music. It was pretty, like, it was pretty, pretty.
1: Shout, shout out to the teachers because teachers have an impact on people's Facts. on people's lives that they might not even know. And yeah. a good teacher
0: goes a long way. Yeah, still to this day, Miss Thorpe got me using the beat machine. You can't see it behind me, but it's <laughs> right here. Y'all know, y'all know I use the beat machine. Y'all oh, yeah. know.
1: So. Whenever you were, you know, first starting out and stuff, did you ever want to be the rapper or did you always want to be the producer? Uh, I never more so wanted
0: to be a rapper. I don't like attention for real. I don't like to be looked at by people a lot. But these days, as I've been growing older, I, I've i been embracing it because even if I'm not rapping, I'm still behind the rapper. If it wasn't yeah. for the beat, the rappers don't really get hurt. So... I'm still gonna get seen like a rapper so these days i'll be rapping here and there but i mostly wanted to make beats
1: we, we ever gonna get a fred on a mixtape
0: uh i wouldn't say a whole mixtape but y'all get a some EP content. y'all get some content from me me and lunatic got a jamming ass song i'm gonna put it on on my album that's
1: coming out okay you know what I'm saying this year oh man all right can't wait to hear that one yeah so you you talked about, you know, Scarface and the Ghetto Boys and Tupac as as your very young influences. But whenever you were starting to actually get into it, who are some of the people that you actually looked at and uh, actually influenced the way you produce and stuff?
0: Drummer Boy. Shout out to Drummer Boy. He's actually one of my my good friends. I looked up to Drummer Boy a lot in my, my heydays when I was younger. Um... That's full
1: circle. That's that's cool. Yeah,
0: like he's really one of my like good friends. It's it's so cool to, you know, look at somebody like Drummer Boy, who's a Grammy winning producer, yeah. you know, uh actually like rock with me. You know what I'm saying? Him, Jazzy Faye, mm. uh Zay I got a few beats with Zaytovin, Shotty Red, those four. Uh Pharrell, I say Pharrell too. Okay. Um who else I don't want to miss anybody but yeah those those are pretty much like the you know producers that I looked up to are uh, GMB too from Houston those are some of the producers that really helped me with my sound for sure especially GMB like they are the ones that really took me in at an early age and was like yeah he gonna be the next one like we gotta you know help him because yeah he, you' gonna be next. We we influencing the culture and they influenced a lot of my sound in the beginning too. I learned a lot from them.
1: Is the uh producer scene or like producer um you know, genre or whatever kind of close or is it kind of all over the place or? Uh
0: producers stick together pretty pretty heavy. Yeah. More than rappers, I would say. Okay. Because like at the end of the day, we're the reason why the rappers can't even rap. You know, we record them, we make the tracks, we come up with the ideas sometime for them, we write some of the lyrics for them. You know, we show them how to ride the beats. All of that.
1: Y'all yeah, are like definitely, um, like I said, the unsung heroes of it. Yeah, like, man, for sure. <laughs> and the engineers. Yeah, without a good producer, and without a good engineer, a lot of these rappers wouldn't. I mean, wouldn't be Facts. what they are, because. If you 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 can have some of the best bars, but if you you spitting over something that nobody wants to hear, and yeah. we've seen it, we've seen it over the times. Some people yeah. could write some of the best stuff, but if it's something that nobody wants to hear, nobody's gonna I'm hear it. Saying what it is. So, what is? I was I was on YouTube and I was looking at your stuff and I was looking at uh wave mechanics. Yeah. What is wave mechanics, man?
0: The Wave Mechanics is my production company, founded by my dog T Wayne. T Wayne, me and T Wayne been rocking for many, many years, over ten years now. I met T Wayne back in two thousand eleven or ten. Him and Cheddar to connect. You know, those those been my brothers for a very long time. Before anybody was really rocking with me, you know, it was Cheddar and T Wayne. Okay, Cheddar used to manage T Wayne before. He got into the rap game. T-Wayne was just making so many dope records. Cheddar was like, man, I got to get on something. So, you know, shout out to T-Wayne. But uh, Wave Mechanics, it's my production company. I have uh, six or seven producers under me. Okay. And uh, I wouldn't say they're under me. They're a part of the, a the
1: It's a collective. It's, yeah, a, it's, yeah, a, it's like, a whole group. None
0: of my producers are signed. Like, I don't want to sign them. I don't want to have them in a box, like. They are like family. Yeah. All of my producers are like family. Like I can go to their cribs. I can eat out their fridge. Use their bathroom. I can sleep at their cribs. You know. That's that's it's, it's deeper than than the money and yeah. the music.
1: And that's that's uh, that's good because you see a, a lot of times these producers and these artists get into to deals and stuff, and yeah. then uh, it just hold them back. It, it holds them back a lot. And for you, like you said, you, you're you're helping out people, and you're, you're always looking at uh, yeah to have uh, you know help out something and then uh, to have these artists and not sign them but y'all are you want them to flourish as much as they can and that's 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 dope yeah, I, I want them to surpass me cuz at the end of the day you know it's not all
0: about me it's, yeah. it's 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 a group effort you know this music stuff you can't do it without collaborating it's all a collaborative effort yeah not one song has came out the studio without somebody's input or help
1: and Whether it's
0: a friend on the side who don't rap, make beats, engineer, DJ, nothing, or somebody that is in
1: the industry. They never come out the studio without some kind of help. Yeah. I mean, more than one mind is better than just yourself. Facts. And uh, like you said, even if it's that person that's off to the side, he's just over there you know, smoking by himself or something. Facts. <laughs> everybody has an input, and everybody sees things differently, and then that could shift the way you see it And you're like, oh, okay never thought about it that way and you know right. and that that goes a long way with uh, being able to take that kind of criticism or that kind of direction from anybody Hell yeah and uh you know some people some people will get stuck in their ways and they don't want to hear nothing else you know their way mm-hmm. is the only way but for somebody yeah. to actually be able to you know switch around and stuff and and take that that, that goes a long way especially yeah, whenever you're working man. with artists
0: yeah man at the end of the day we all we all pushing for the same goal. We pushing for the same thing. So why not do it together? It makes it easier. And like I said, it's not all about the money. Like The more of us pushing one movement, the money's going to flow in yeah. abundantly. So nobody has to worry about money. All we got to do is put in the work and let people know, hey, this is what this is. Y'all going to rock with it or not, it's going to move regardless.
1: And it's a, it's a labor of love. For yeah, sure. Hell for hell sure hell. you have to you have to love what you're doing to actually do it because in the beginning you're not gonna be making much and you're not gonna be doing it, but as long as you love it and you stick to it, that's that's the main thing.
0: Yep. I was in the game for six years before I got my first big hit. Man. We didn't see a dollar.
1: Hey, something it's, it's it's like that. Yeah, man. For sure. <laughs> and uh like from from that time to now Whenever you were first starting out, um, social media has kind of just was oh, yeah. was just starting to come out at that time. Like whenever you were starting, I think it was probably what, like maybe MySpace or?
0: Yeah, MySpace was popping at the time when I first started. Yeah, How,
1: how has social media kind of uh, influenced you as a producer and been able to, you know, grow you?
0: It just allowed me to let people hear my work without having to be in directly in their face, like. I'm dope, so I just share it. People yeah. think I'm dope, too. They share it. And, it,
1: and it helps other you. people
0: think I'm dope, and it just keeps going. <laughs> and, it and it helps
1: it. you connect with uh, artists and stuff that you would yeah, probably never yeah, yeah. even get the chance to be around, you know, from different states and different, you know.
0: Yeah. Like I say, I had the link between um, Cheddar and T-Wayne through DJ Static. He was working with my brother, Doughboy Sauce. It's my real brother and uh yeah went to prison for a little bit but i was still going to politician studio rest in peace to my big homie eric cooper he really let me use his studio all the time he never charged me a dollar to use it mm. I used to record make money sell my beats out of his studio right there on ricky street y'all know but um I met DJ Static there, and he gave me the the link to T-Wayne and Cheddar, and uh, even though I hadn't got a chance to meet them yet, I did a B for him. and and uh, I ended up reaching out to T-Wayne on Twitter, and we locked in ever since, and that's how that social media shit works, you know?
1: And it's crazy, because now, especially with TikTok and, and Instagram, you're able to reach millions of people with just a click of a button yeah (laughs) with uh especially on tiktok i go through tiktok and i see so many producers so many people doing different stuff and you just hear the different sounds and uh it's kind of blending the sounds yeah for sure west coast used to have a sound the south used to have a sound east coast used to have a sound
0: now anybody could do a sound. Yeah, <laughs> any sound.
1: Now it's blended, and you're just hearing these these genres and these subgenres just popping up all over the place. And uh, how important is it for an artist to to kind of find their sound and and kind of um, hone that sound? Because you you hear a Pharrell beat, you know it's a Pharrell beat. You hear a Timbaland beat, you know it's a Timbaland beat. Yep. You hear a Fred beat you know it's a fred beat how important is that as a producer
0: it's very important because at the end of the day if there's 20 people doing the same thing it doesn't make it exclusive anybody can do it anybody can have it and when it comes to branding marketing and selling anything mostly every person in the world wants exclusive shit yeah this yeah. is what it is, it is and what if it anybody is. can access it a lot of people don't want it so it's big to you know create your own sound for those reasons because you want to be able to stand out and you want to be able to have people come to you and get what you're offering
1: yeah they because come
0: be- of who you are and not just because you got it yeah you know what i'm saying so A lot of people come and get beats from me because it's like, man, I know I'm going to think outside the box if I go to Fred. I know Fred's going to do this. I know Fred's going to do that. I don't have to really worry about this or that when I'm going to Fred because Fred is going to take care of me. He's going to have me sounding good. It's going to sound different. It's not going to sound like everybody else's stuff. So when I do put it out, it's going to be refreshing to the ears and that's what's going to make people gravitate to me
1: what is like kind of your process like whenever you're coming up with a beat Are you're sitting down with an artist are you coming up with like the melody first or are you coming up with with the drums or is, is it bass it depends
0: man it just depends on how I feel some days I go in the studio and I have a bass line in my head that I've been saying singing to myself for three four days sometimes I just get in there and click some shit around and just comes out all i gotta do is find the sound that resonates with my spirit and i just take off
1: how is it uh whenever you you don't finish a beat and you come back a few days later you're like man what was i doing with this man i done had plenty of those (laughs) (laughs) uh where was i going with this uh, a lot of times i
0: be ahead of myself yeah and i don't know that i'm ahead of myself until like like you say, you come back later and listen. Like, it's been times where I don't even come back like three days. Sometimes I'll come back two years and I'll be like, man, this is so hard. Why didn't I bounce this out? Yeah. And then I put it together and I'll bounce it out and end up becoming some some big yeah. shit. Yeah. Just like uh I got a song called Sinuses with the Sauce Twins from their um Don't Let the Sauce Fool You mixtape. And I had let that beat sit on my computer for, like, six months. Wow. And I was just going through my projects, and I opened up a project, and I was like, yo, this bitch is banging. I put it together, and I sent it to Sauce Walker, and I didn't even know him and Sancho had rapped on it until
1: the project came out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, shout out to the Sauce Twins. Yeah, man, shout out to TSF.
0: Yeah, shout out to the whole
1: TSF, man.
0: That's family, man.
1: They got a... I've actually been doing a series on TikTok where I'm going through and and listening to their artists because oh yeah <laughs> they got they got some oh yeah they got some gems in there man yeah so it they came a
0: long way like a lot of their artists have been doing their thing for a very long time and one thing I'm big on is growth you know what I'm saying even for myself like I can't sit back and not make a beat at yeah. least. If I I can't go a month without making at least one beat. If I go one month without making a beat, I get depressed.
1: Uh, all it takes
0: is, take is one. Even if I make ten, even if I make twenty, it don't matter. I just gotta make one. If I don't make one, I feel like I'm not living up to my purpose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's how they all are. They don't they don't not go to the studio at least once. They're always in the studio working on something.
1: And I know, uh, especially for, for me being a creative, but as somebody who's creative, whenever you're just sitting there not doing anything, it, it feels like an itch. Like just, you just, oh, yeah. you need to do something. It's you like I'm having withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, man, that's crazy that, that that happens to you as a, as a producer, you know, because I know I feel that whenever I'm not doing anything. And then you, you say you have to at least do one.
0: I got to do at least one, bro. If I don't do one, I'm gonna beat myself up about it. I'm gonna be like, nigga, you not you not doing your shit, bro. You really suck. Like, why you not making no beats? You ain't making no beats. You suck. <laughs> Cuz I'm not I'm not pushing the issue, so if I'm not pushing the issue, it's somebody that's working more than me every yeah, day. Yeah, I feel that. But it only take one hit, so that's why I said I just gotta make at least one because that one could take me to above and beyond. If somebody's doing at least just a little bit more than me, then I'm not living up to my purpose. So I have to do a little bit more than everybody.
1: I feel that. I feel that. That's a that's a that's a great mentality to have. Yeah. To be a you know. To be able to push yourself, I see. I see artists uh, all the time, especially with doing what what I do. Is I, I, you know, with the underground artists, you see people who have so much potential, but they don't live up to that potential, and yeah, and that's sad to see. Yeah, man. Because to be honest,
0: this is something that this is like a um, how can I put it? This is like a a personal one-on-one with God for me yeah like i let god use me when i make my tracks like it's not me using my brain of course i use my brain to put the track together and bring the sounds together but god is using me to be able to do that whenever you know you're I'm behind
1: saying? those keys and so it's just like a spiritual thing for yeah. you yeah
0: <laughs> when i come in the studio this is like my sanctuary like yeah. my alone time with god like this is like my prayer my meditation my my worship you know what i'm saying yeah
1: Hey, I like that. I yeah. like that. Going back to, to to creating your sound and stuff, um, the Fred on them tag, the, the tag that everybody knows, man, how did that kind of come about? And you've been using it for, for years.
0: Yeah, man, that came about. Shout out to my dog, Dwayne, you know, be hottest That's, like, my dog, like, my day one, you know, one of the very – very 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 first people to ever believe in what i was doing but uh we were in high school together we went to school together and uh we just built a friendship because we were one in the same like he was one of the only people i seen in the school that would walk by itself be by itself didn't really care to engage with anybody and that's how i was and i was like man like he gets it yeah and come to find out, we had a lot of the same similar interests, but he wanted to rap more than he wanted to make beats, so I taught okay. him how to make beats, you know what I'm saying, and he's still rapping and making beats to this day. Um, one day, we just, we used to talk every day, and one day, we came to school, and he seen me, and he was happy to see me, he was like, ooh, that's the boy Fred on him right there. <laughs> And I was like, damn, that boy said Fred on. That kind of got like a little ring to it. So, he just kept calling me that our school every day. And one day we went back to his crib. Shout out to his parents. They used to, you know, <laughs> they were very strict on them. And um, they'll let me come to the crib. And I could stay over for a little bit. And they'll feed me food. His mom, she was, a, she's a chef. She cooked her ass off. mm So I used to sit there and eat with them and shit like that. I've even spent the night over there a few times. Um, But yeah, one day we just came home from school doing what we normally do. And I had a beat that I had made the day before I sampled Sparkle uh, by Cameo. And uh, he rapped on it and before like the beat drop he was like Fred on him. (laughs) And he did the delays with his voice like Pimp C used to do. Because we didn't really know how to put the effects and stuff on yeah. the voice, so he kind of did the, the echoes with his voice. So I just took a little piece of it, and I cut it out the session, and I saved it as a wave, put it on a little flash drive, and then when I went home later, I put it in FL Studio and added some effects to it and shit like that, and then it's been up ever since.
1: Mm, you ever think about
0: updating it? or? Oh, I have plenty of tags. I got tags from Don Tolliver saying my name just willy-nilly i got tags (laughs) from sancho you know uh i got tags from plenty of people you know but that's the one that's that's kind of one that's just stick
1: yeah you hear it i mean it's 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 iconic at this point like yeah you hear it you already know it's about to happen
0: yeah it's, (laughs) it's, it's just i've been pushing it for so long getting it in people's head and i'm still pushing it i want to get it even more bigger that way when i do try to you know Use my other tags like, like I say, I have a tag from Don Tolliver. That's my guy. Shout out to Don. I'm gonna start using that eventually.
1: Man, um, so from going to to producing, you know, at the beginning stages and stuff, and then building yourself up, how did you go to making your first album, your first project, uh, Fred on a project, basically?
0: just being in and out the studio working consistently for years and years and years like i say i really never got any type of sleep for real like was, it,
1: was the first one uh the the self-made or was it the uh the rebirth the re- the, rebirth was yeah, that the first one
0: well i had a mixtape come out before the rebirth but the rebirth is like my official album like, okay okay it's me like actually letting people know hey i'm creating like something that is monumental for now, the city that was know?
1: what like 2019
0: 18 18. Yeah. okay yeah that was my very first album my debut album and that just came from collectively just working staying in the studio consistently not getting sleep building relationships you know i ended up putting that together
1: how did how is it trying to get all these different artists uh on on the same album or is it um all from in studio or are you sending these to these artists? It's
0: all in studio. Okay. Man. Like I got a record uh on the album it has Bloodbath on there. I have a record on the album that has D Flowers, Fifth Ward, JP, Sleep Dog. Shout out to to Raw Rap Sleep, you know what I'm saying? For Fifth Ward. Um Me, Iceman Chamberlain, and I think j rag made that track if not j rag i think it was me and ice but it was just all from us being in the studio just being there yeah you know we pulling up everybody rock with each
1: other and we here let's just work and did you know that these were going to be going on your album or was it just uh you know just sessions that happened and you're like oh this would be good for the album or
0: yeah, it's kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? Some of the songs that are on the album, we um, plan to put on there. Yeah. But some of those records, while I was putting it together, it just kind of flowed with what I had going on, especially the sonics behind it, like the engineering, the mixing and mastering. I mix and master my own albums and produce them and okay. all of that.
1: And I'm sure there's there's some some bangers that didn't make it to the album
0: oh there's some super bangers that didn't make it but you know that's why we're content creators and i advise any artist or producer that is putting out an album to not try to overload your audience you know push okay. push your music market your music and you know give it time to you know work its magic like this is a spiritual thing so you know you got to give it time. I say like a year to a year and a half with pushing a project is okay and people think that's not okay, but it is because my first yeah. big single it it took a year for it to blow up.
1: We're in the 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 day and age where it's constant. People are wanting exactly. constant. It's crazy. Cuz especially whenever you're a creative, you're an artist or something, The mentality to want to push that much, I mean, it's okay, but it's also okay to sit on something. Take your time, craft it to where it was good, because now you're having artists put out mm, some mid every couple weeks. But there's some artists putting
0: out fire, and they're not allowing their audience to soak it in or... They're not giving themselves time to let more people find out about it. They're on to the next. So you putting out all this fire and nobody's hearing it. And then you're discouraging yourself and then yeah. you're wasting content. And then you got to go back in the studio and create more content, try to get more fans. Like let it grow on people and push it to people and let them hear it to grow your audience and your fan base. And that way you can save a lot of your great work and yeah. still put out great work and it impacts harder every time.
1: And there's a reason artists from 15, 20 years ago have made classics that we still listen to today because Facts. they weren't um, just pushing anything out. And especially back in the day, it, it, was, a, it was a whole different process to recording somebody so it was and the budgets
0: Yeah, They to have a crazy budget
1: <laughs> and man the the process was different and everything so they were taking their time and they were crafting it and they weren't rushing it and that's why we have timeless classics from them facts because
0: the more time you put into it the more time it lasts
1: yeah and then now we have a lot of these artists that aren't letting stuff simmer and letting stuff grow mm-hmm. Because whenever you first put something out, it's going to be your core audience that finds it, yes. Yep. But there's still people six, seven months down the road that are barely going to be discovering it. Facts. And then they feel like they are late. Facts. They feel like they're late because you've you've done put out three, four singles or something since then. Yeah, that's why I kind of like,
0: I respect the record companies a lot because they know what they're doing as far as like a fan base, like... Me and Don Tolliver have so many songs that are unreleased that'll never get heard. And um, just like going back and looking at some of the songs that are released and seeing comments that say one month ago, two months ago, and it's like the song is like almost four years old. Yeah. People are still like, how does this not have more views? How am I just now finding out about this? How is this? How is that? And that's why I say it's okay to, you know, just let stuff sit, let it simmer, and let people find it, because it's going to continue growing, and as long as it's growing, it's money being made.
1: Yeah. Oh, I might have to hear some of those. Yeah, hey. we got some
0: crazy music, man.
1: <laughs> man. So, from going from from uh, self-made and the rebirth, what is kind of like the, the difference between making the two? Because there were... There was a good little gap between them like you said, but I'm sure the process would kind of changed or what what is the difference between making your first album compared to your second one?
0: Well, the difference is like I would say like the vibe and where I'm at in those states mentally when I'm creating them. Yeah. Um a lot of the times like I say I vibe with artists and we're in the studio and we have conversations that nobody really have and a lot of these conversations be like real conversations like that help us grow mentally and you know just push our 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 uh our narrative that yeah. we're pushing and a lot of times me and the artists have the same views so a lot of times, artists, I wouldn't say they're insecure, but a lot of times they're just on the iffy side about what they want to put out. Mm-hmm. And as a producer, I know the potential of an artist more than they know their own potential sometimes. So I'm kind of like a spokesperson for the artist. Yeah. And I'll put certain songs out to let people know, like, this is how we feel. You know what I'm saying? That way they don't have to overload their catalogs and put out too much content where people are like, man, like we want something else. Or you gave us this and you're giving us something else. We ain't finished with the, you know, the, the same conversation we just yeah. had. So I'm kind of a spokesperson for the artists at times when they feel like they don't know what to do.
1: What is that relationship like with an artist? Whenever you're first getting to know somebody and you're, you're trying to get to know them and uh, producers and artists, they you know, they get a close relationship. You've seen it over times where, you know, these producers are so close with these artists and then they're always making music together. What is that kind of relationship like whenever you're trying to get to to be with an artist? Like I say, it's just
0: sharing similar views. Like me and Lunatic, like when me and Lunatic first started to um, make music, like I had been knowing him for two months and we had never did a song. Mm. we'll just play video games and smoke together you know what i'm saying and
1: so it started out as like a friendship before it even became yeah
0: like we just share similar views like i said like my homie from high school like i seen him walking by himself even after school walking to school by himself in school by himself you know what i'm saying not talking to anybody just being to himself like it's just certain things that just grab me because I know how I think about him, so I know he thinks the same way about yeah. it, Because why is he doing that? There's only so many reasons why he's doing that, and a lot of times it'd be for the same reasons I'm doing it, so when we're in the studio, it' just be it's just natural, you know what I'm saying, like conversations spark up, we have the same views on the on on the same things, or you know um you know musically if i'm making a beat and i'm doing something that nobody does a artist might come in there and they'll be like man like that that little thing you did right there like i love that so much and it's like just trying something new and it just goes and goes and goes and just keeps yeah.
1: going you know i mean whenever you have a relationship with somebody it's way uh more organic than it is Whenever you don't know yep. somebody, um, I think that's whenever the best music is made. Whenever the artist, the producer, everybody is on that same wavelength, and everybody is is yep. is meshing together. Yep. Because you can sometimes you can hear on a track whenever a producer and a, an artist are kind of clashing.
0: Yeah, you definitely can tell.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know if everybody can tell, but a lot of people can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we've seen it over time, you know, producers and artists don't get along and then they they don't make nothing.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I've seen it happen over <laughs> over the years, just in my circle of people that I be around. Like, yeah, it clash a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's just dealing with people, though, in general. You're going to run across people that you might not see eye to eye with. And then uh the people that you mesh with are always the the best ones to keep around and keep yep. keep uh making music with man that's for sure that's crazy so you have those two albums you talked a little bit about you're working on a new one
0: mm-hmm working mm. on a new one I don't have the name for yet, but I got a few tracks I got some okay I got some bang and
1: no uh no, no date or nothing.
0: Nah, it ain't no date. I usually try to drop my projects around my birthday, but I'm going to do something different.
1: Okay. Because the last one was maybe three years ago, 2020? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. About the time uh, COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, people wasn't really able to get in studios and stuff like that. So, like I said, I had a lot of bangers that a lot of artists just don't really care for. They kind of sleep on them. But I know the potential of them. So,
1: what was that like for for the recording studios and being a producer and stuff? That whole COVID time—that's a crazy time.
0: Man, it was it was definitely a crazy time. You know, um, thank God for you know showing me what to do and what not to do through others. You know, that really saved me during COVID because. I have a partnership with Warner Chapel. Warner Chapel is Warner Brothers Publishing Company. Okay. You know, Warner Brothers is a branch under Time Warner. So, like, I have a major publishing deal with these people. And um, just me having the knowledge that I have and, you know, taking the necessary steps to make sure I'm okay, you know, it it really saved me during COVID, you know. They send me money. I can see when my money's coming in and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I get to save it, invest it, you know, different shit.
1: And uh, I know for, at least for me, I wasn't able to sit down and do interviews or anything. And then I'm sure it it hindered a lot with the process of, of making the music. You weren't able to be in the studio with a lot of people. Or, or, right. And uh, you wouldn't just have people coming by the studio and stuff. What was that like, having a do everything either online or you know real tight-knit circles and it
0: was actually cool because sometimes you need that personal space to be able to just create how you want to create without other people's input and you know when you showcase it to other people and let them hear it or let them see it You know, it it really, 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 really shows you, okay, I don't need to do this. I need to do this. Or I'm missing this. I need to add this, you know? So me being able to just sit in the house and create, 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 and send out music, it let me know where I need to slow down, where I need to pick up, Mm -hmm. what I need to add, what I need to take away. You know, it just gave me clarity on how to keep myself, Relevant and fresh, and you know all the above.
1: You know what? What's crazy to me is the ear that a producer has—the ear for you to be able to, for one, make nothing out of, or makes make something out of nothing. Facts. Yeah. But sometimes you be listening to a song, and then they just throw in like a random bell or something, and you're like, yeah. "Okay." i like that yeah that made me tune in i I don't know (laughs) what it is about that random bell or this random uh triplet of a hi-hat or something that ear to be able to do that is something crazy yeah it definitely is is it something that you've you've had to develop over time or have you always noticed those little things in music or um it's kind of
0: it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of developed it over time, but it's also me just getting game from other people who are in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went to Sugar Hill one day with my, uh. that's who I was forgetting. Shout out to my dog, DJ Smart Guy. I can't forget Smart Guy. It's another one of my producers. Okay. Um, He's real big on mastering and engineering and the overall sound not just the creation he's big on the creation but it's the after how can we get it to sound big how can we get it to sound this way or this way so we went to a little seminar at sugar hill one day and there was a a mastering engineer mixing engineer seminar there and one of the the people who were speaking there told us you know you have to think of music like sleeping on a beach Mm. If you're sleeping on a beach, you hear the ocean just.
1: The waves coming in and right. out.
0: You could be asleep because you're used to that constant wave. This, the frequency steady going. But if somebody walks by and steps on a tree branch and breaks it, what's going to happen?
1: It's going to break your attention. You're, you're going to wake up. Yeah.
0: yeah so I kind of apply that with everything that I do musically. It has to be something that's going to make the, the attention break and make me follow what's going on.
1: That is, you know, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, you gotta have that. That you, you'll be in the in the groove of the song. You'll be listening to it, and then you hear something that kind of catches you off guard, and then brings you back into yeah. into focus of okay, I'm listening to this song. Let me hear what it's you know everything about. It's it. all
0: about attention span. You know, we all have a a long attention span. Sometimes we have a short one. It just depends on the frequency. I have, a, sh- I have yeah. a short attention span. That's why you like for things to kind of pop out. Yeah, because it's so consistent, you're waiting for something else to happen to keep you intrigued.
1: Man, I've never thought about it that. am I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> a,
0: I'm learning a lot today. Yeah, I got. I kind of got music down to a science. It really is a science. It, it is a science. You know, we. Me and you in this room right now, we wouldn't be able to do this interview if it wasn't for sound. Yeah. So, sound really runs everything. Life is no fun without sound. So, I kind of applied that to the music cause sound is something sacred. It's spiritual.
1: and sound is just vibration and life yeah. is just all about vibrations and yeah and vibes. And, it's spiritual. It's sacred. Yeah. Very Damn. sacred. Okay. So, you do have it. You have it down to a science, man. Yeah. What is that 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 kind of science like? Uh, like, whenever you're getting into it, you don't know any of this stuff, and you're just right. like learning this stuff. Like, it just opens up a whole other world. Basically, you start looking at everything differently. Yeah, that's man. Hey, shout out to the teachers, and shout out to everybody Facts. that yeah. <laughs> man. Facts, so, man so making your albums and stuff have you ever thought about i'm i'm real big on on the underground um here in, right. in houston all these upcoming artists we have so much potential we have so much uh dope artists that are just you know have you ever thought about uh doing something and you know looking out for some of these artists are like looking at them like i like what you're doing i want you to hop on this project or i want you to yeah, do all you keep, the time Do you keep, like, your your ear to the, the upcoming artists, or? Yeah, that's
0: why I said, like, if you go look at the Rebirth The Rebirth came out in 2018 A lot of people didn't know about D Flowers yet D Flowers is on there D Flowers
1: has one of my favorite you know? voices in Houston
0: Yeah, D Flowers is on my album A lot of people weren't really hip to D Flowers yet So, I, I shine light on, you know, a lot of the underground artists And, um, you know, artists like Don Tolliver, like, Yeah me and Don Tolliver went to middle school together. Like that's, that's really crazy. like it's really like one of my my homies. You know what I'm saying? Like we had classes together, and uh, me and Don, we just we just linked. You know, him and Cheddar had already started building a relationship, and uh, Cheddar just put us in the studio together, and we just started creating. And one day, you know, I sent him a pack of beats and. He went to the studio to record, he sent two records back, and I'm like, man, this shit is so dope, bro, I gotta send this shit off. So, at the time, I still have a great relationship with Jeff Vaughn, shout out to Jeff Vaughn, he has a, a new label under uh, Capitol Records right now, it's called, uh, I think it's called Sync, if I'm not mistaken, or Sonic, Wonder- no, I think it is Sync. I can't think of what it is right now off the top of my head, but shout out to Jeff Varney. Um Me and him built a relationship over the years from when I had Flick of the Wrist going crazy. And uh, I sent him two records, and he was blown away by one of them. He asked me who Don was, and mm. you know I put him in contact with Cheddar. And then like two or three weeks later, Jeff flew out here. He grabbed a flash drive with like 40 beats from me, picked out a few of them, sent them to Don. Two of those beats end up making Don's first project, plus the song I had sent him, and another song that we had recorded in my living room, and uh, they signed Don to Atlanta Records.
1: Whenever you come across an artist like Don Tolliver or something, do you automatically know that they got something hell big. yeah Isn't, hell yeah you just automatically know they got something hell big. Yeah. that's why i said
0: like when don sent me the records back i instantly said man i gotta send this shit to jeff vaughn jeff vaughn is gonna lose his mind and when i sent it to jeff jeff heard the songs and he texted me back immediately and said yo what the fuck is this and i said this is Don Tolliver. Me and him, we went to middle school together. He signed the Cheddar to Connect. You know, we made a flick of the wrist, and he couldn't believe it. He was like, "Can you please put me in contact with Cheddar?" And like I say, three weeks later, they flew out here and signed him.
1: And what is it about an artist like that that you think that people just gravitate to, or
0: like you, like you asked me earlier, the originality, having a sound, stepping out of. The, of the limits of what people are hearing and actually being confident in what you're doing yeah you know like you can't be scared to do something different because that's what's gonna take you to the next level just like I tell my producer uh it all the time like he's a very funny guy a lot of the stuff that he does if he puts it on camera he'll go viral (laughs) and I tell him this all the time but I tell him like the stuff that you do behind closed doors That you're, I wouldn't say you're afraid to show people, but the stuff you do behind closed doors is the stuff that makes you the greatest. And so, I try to pull people out of their elements and try to get Mm. them to show themselves to the world because you're unique. There's nobody like you. You know what I'm saying? And the minute that you let people know how unique you are, they'll they'll automatically gravitate to you because it's a lot of monkey see monkey do going on
1: man producers really are the unsung <laughs> <Yeah>. hero <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of the studio yeah, and of, of music what why is it that Why? why do you think that is like
0: because we give we give courage to the game at the end of the day being a producer it takes a lot bro like it's putting, not
1: just making the beat i've yeah. learned i've learned that today that it's yeah, not like, just doing that there's so much more that goes into it
0: yeah you have to have courage man like this stuff takes courage because at the end of the day our artists can rap on any track if we want to be technical yeah but it has to be good it has to be unique has to be fresh and it has to sound like something. You can't just put stuff together and think it's oh it's hot. Yeah. You literally have to take your mind and what's going on in the uh the midst of things and kinda put your own twist and be unique in your own way with it. And once people gravitate to it and they, you know, solidify, Hey, that's dope. You won. You won.
1: Man, I think it's so interesting that Producers have the power to influence trends of music. Oh yeah, and influence the 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 direction that everything goes in. Like um, starting from you know, like the boom bap era. Yeah, going into the 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 trap era. Going into. Um, EDM waves and now a lot of uh, dance hall and a lot of you know yeah
0: we literally take our environments and make it sound like something
1: and uh, purdue yeah producers are able to to pretty much direct the way that that the artists are gonna go how yeah. how, how is it having that kind of um, I guess power to to yeah, be able it's, to do it's that
0: definitely power uh, it's just it's it's kind of like an artist being able to take what everybody thinks and what everybody feels, and just go ahead and say it. That's why I say it's kind of like having courage, bro. Because like a lot of people want to do this shit, but they don't have the balls to do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like me as a producer, me taking a step out on faith, and literally. I'm going to do this producer shit, and I don't know how I'm going to get paid for it, but I'm going to do it because I love it. You know, that takes a lot of courage, and that takes a lot of balls. A lot of people don't have the balls to really step out on faith like that and depend on just strictly God for their living. Yeah. So, like I said, like an artist, like, let's say Lil Baby or Glorilla, like, I mention those two because they know how to say what people are thinking, but they're scared to say it. Yeah. And they know how to say it in the right way. You know what I'm saying? So me being a producer, I know how to take my environment, my feelings, my emotions, and what I'm thinking and make it sound like something to where somebody can rap on it and use those same things to create a feeling that somebody – is looking to feel music is like a person being right next to you talking to you but you can't see them you can't feel them you really can't hear them you know what i'm saying but it's there so it's something that you can relate to it's like having a
1: a ghost that's your friend right there and then whenever a a a producer will have a sound like um that whole like new york kind of sound the drill the, the, the drill sound right there like the first producer that put that out, he probably hadn't no idea the potential and the power that oh, he knew that that, that that was gonna have that that like he knew a lot of it people. Was Chief Keith,
0: you know that right? Okay, Chief Keith started the whole drill era. Yeah, that's his sound. And I was as uh, you young, can listen When that
1: young chop, young chop. Nah, was a...
0: Chief Keith makes his own beats. Okay, I thought chop so, was his, was yeah, he was for a little while. Okay. but. Like, if you go listen to Finito, that's one of his biggest songs.
1: Yeah. Finito
0: is the start of drill rap. Okay. Chicago came up with the term drill because that's just the environment they live in. Yeah. Chief Keeve knew how to make his environment sound like his environment and then rap about it. Mm. This is why I said it's kind of like having a friend who's a ghost who can relate to you and y'all could talk about shit and you know yeah and a lot of people feel like how chief Keith felt when he made the beat and he rapped on it because of the environment they live in
1: and then also the influence that it has on on just uh people in general that don't necessarily live that way but a lot of people like the way it sounds and then Facts. a lot of people like uh i just say the what the white people yeah they, they they like that shit and then they like you know they live vicariously through a lot of the raps right, and right they that sound and stuff and uh, you know it spreads yep it spreads and then you know it it became its own thing to where it's still around today and yeah so that, that influence that influence is crazy man So whenever you're producing and stuff, you you told me you like to use a lot of uh, FL, a lot of fruit. I mean, you got it on the chain. Yeah, y'all know. Come (laughs) on now.
0: Yeah, I'm the first and only producer with an FL studio chain.
1: Well, I don't know I don't if nobody
0: else has ever done it. I, I know somebody thought of doing it, but I'm the first. I don't know but,
1: if they they can, but they definitely should give you some <laughs> uh, some money for that. Man. Come <laughs> nah, on, now. for sure. Um, you're you're a big advocate for for FL Studios. Yeah. yeah,
0: I knew it was uh I knew it was something when I had went to Atlanta for A3C one year, and Sonny Digital was standing right next to me, and he looked. I said bro that's a fl studio chain that's hard as <laughs> fuck bro yeah i knew it was very uh influential then but um yeah i've been using fl studio since fl studio six okay and it's now at 21 Oof, yeah so you no, know, fl studio is it's very easy to use um it helps me bring my ideas to life quickly because I know music theory, and uh, just having a ton of sounds to be able to manipulate them, how you can manipulate them in there. Y'all know it's tons of effects you could put on your sounds and just stuff like that. They got tools where I could beef my drums up, make my drums yeah. sound
1: different. It's it's just a great program altogether. And I've heard other producers, you know, somewhat hate on on FL studios and mainly I guess just because they they use different programs or they use different uh different things what what is this this FL hate that some people have for it man I don't know man but (laughs) I know you've probably heard
0: it (laughs) I don't know but at the end of the day man music is music it doesn't matter how you create it and that's the biggest thing like everybody has their go-to and their preference and their opinions but at the end of the day none of that matters what matters is did you get the idea out the end you know the end I'm project saying? The end result project, yeah. like it doesn't matter if you click it in it doesn't matter if you play it it's still a sound being yeah. put together and organized into organized sound to create a composition that's just like people saying oh he clicked it in blah say, blah say, blah blah but clicking it in is the same as writing sheet music yeah it's literally the same thing somebody has to play it but it's literally the same thing okay. You clicking in is writing sheet music
1: yeah uh, <laughs> man i never thought about it that
0: way yeah man because like i said i'm from the era of i'm a middle child you feel me so i came in watching Shotty red drummer boys they Tovin use npcs yeah they literally had to play everything and record it in it wasn't no 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 easy steps like right now we have chord modes like i use native instruments machine i use that to make flick the wrist i used it to make backhand by don Tolliver. yeah i used it to make a round by don Tolliver, and i can honestly say like it doesn't matter if you got one boy one button that plays a chord or not, it's literally making music. It doesn't matter. Like
1: it's different methods to make the same yeah. the same end result. As long as the end result is good and it's something that people reflect yeah. with and, and, and love. I mean It's all about getting the vibe out, man. It's you, all
0: about laying the foundation for the artist. It doesn't matter how you lay the foundation. It's just yeah, about getting the record done. Do
1: you play uh, any instruments, or have you like picked up any instruments and starting, or? Um, like you, I say, you're uh,
0: drums. I, I I played percussion in yeah. middle school, so I know rudiments and stuff like that. But as far as like guitars or bass, yeah, or, the only thing that I really can say I've learned was the piano. Okay, you know, my mom put me in piano lessons. Yeah. It didn't really teach me what I needed to learn. Necessarily, but I can play a piano.
1: Okay. I yeah. mean, that's all you really need to know, especially with uh, the advancement of pianos and stuff. I mean, keyboards have yeah. every sound you can you could imagine on there.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm a percussionist, so xylophones, that's percussion. Yeah. You know, but it's set up the same way a piano is.
1: You don't need to know how to play a trumpet to get a trumpet sound. Exactly.
0: That's the thing I'm saying about FL Studio yeah. or... Using a Native Instruments machine, it doesn't matter how you get the sound out. It doesn't matter what you know. As long as the composition is laid out where the artist can use it as a canvas mm. to be able to paint their picture.
1: Okay. All right, man. So getting getting into kind of some of the back ends of of, of producing and being a producer. You know, I'm not not going to ask you nothing about the money, but I want to put put some game onto some of these up, upcoming producers on on different ways that you're able to uh you know market yourself and g- gain revenue streams and and getting paid as a producer because a lot of these these are uh, upcoming producers man they sometimes they need a little guidance yeah the money come with the game man if you're not doing it for the
0: money then you're doing it wrong Yeah, you're supposed to do it for the love, but love don't pay the bills, man. So at the end of the day, man, make sure you are getting paid for your music. But uh, how I do it is, you know, just set it up to where you get the residual income, because that's what it's all about, like publishing royalties, uh, sync license royalties, mechanical royalties, uh, direct streaming royalties from distributors like TuneCore, CD Baby, DistroKid, you know, all of those things play a part. That's why I release my own albums and mm. my own mixtapes and I own my own content. You know, it's cool to be able to drop records with other artists and let them own it, but what's the point of you being in the industry when you can't own your own music? Because at the end yeah. of the day, when you put records out with people, you don't fully own them when you give them exclusive rights. Yeah, And um, as a producer, we take the short end of the stick on every record. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, like me, for instance, uh, let's just go with Flick of the Wrist to be exact. Flick of the Wrist, when Flick of the Wrist came out, we had did a deal with uh, a company, and um, they put in my contract for my producer agreement that if Flick of the Wrist sold, 10,000 copies we will boost your percent from 3% to 3.5. Okay. If it sells more than 20,000 we will boost your mechanical royalties to 4%. So I get 4% of the actual sale of the record for Flicker the Risk and I get 50% of the publisher. Okay. The publishing is where you get paid residually. So those checks come in every month from ASCAP BMI you know I get a domestic check for the United States I get an international check for overseas and then I get mm. a publisher's check so I have my own publishing company which is Wave Mechanics okay as well as it being my production company yeah so I get three checks every three months and then I have a partnership with Warner Chapel where I get 75% of the other side of the royalties, and they get 25%. Mm. So there's two 100s to a song. I get 50% of the writer's composer share, which is split between me and Cheddar, and then there's a publisher side. So I split my publisher side 50-50 with uh, Warner Chappell. So, I get 25%, they get 25%, which equals 50 and then the other 50% is split between me and Cheddar.
1: Hmm. Is that something that you just had to learn over time, or is that something that, um, you know, people have uh, put you on game and, and taught you? Or
0: Yeah, I actually learned the game from um, one of my relatives. He used to um, rap and produce. Mm. He used to go, uh, he went by the name of Dead Boy Chico. And um, he had a song back in 2007, seven, eight called Boy, I Got So Many with Mike Jones and and um, Gucci Man on the remix. Boy, they had a group called Young Problems. Boy, I
1: got so yeah. many. Man, yeah. you know, that was my ringtone.
0: That's crazy.
1: That was my ringtone. That's yeah. funny.
0: So, like, my sister has I actually, uh
1: Sorry, I actually <laughs> listened to that song at least once a month. On YouTube.
0: Yeah, man, it was a pretty big song. One of the biggest songs to come out of the uh, city. It's it one really of the
1: songs that gets stuck in my head. Yeah. And I have to listen to it.
0: Yeah, it broke the mold for a lot of artists in this city. And a lot of artists, uh they won't say it, you know, but that really paved the way for a lot of artists from that time all the way up to now. They were some of the first people to go in the club and bring flash drives with their music on it and they had a DJ plug in the flash drive and yeah, put it off. You know what I'm saying? And um my sister has uh children with his his cousin. Okay. So that kinda makes us, you know, related now. And yeah. uh another one of my uh cousins is also a part of the group. His name is Starstruck. And uh there's five members of the group. They came out with the song, the song did really well and uh unfortunately you know the plans with their deal they had got a deal with warner brothers and they had a sub company called asylum which is still present mm-hmm. to this day their deal didn't go high they wanted it to go unfortunately but with that you know they learned a lot in the business and i was able to come around and produce for them and make beats for them when i was very young and they taught me a lot of game about what not to do and what yeah. to have together, you know, when it comes to this business. That's why I'm able to have a great co-publishing partnership with Warner Chapel to this day.
1: Man, because you see it time and time again. A lot of these artists don't get, um you know, they don't learn... Uh, anything. Nobody's able to to teach them anything about how deals work and how all this stuff. And then you see it time and time again of these artists just getting um, bad deals or, you know.
0: Yeah, they blindly sign sign a lot of times because they think that um, if they take too long, the record label will pull back from the deal. What I learned in this game, if the record company was going to pull out of the deal, they wouldn't have given you the deal.
1: Mm. they're and very the deal, sure about what they're trying to Right,
0: the deal basically shows you that the company wants interest in what you have going yeah. on that's why they give you a deal and that's why even though i'm currently in a deal you know in the future i've learned to give my own deals yeah you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day it shows that you have interest in the other party so That's just a little free game for producers and artists. If a company offers you a deal, that means they have interest in you and it is okay to have your lawyer look over it. It literally took me three to four weeks for me to get somebody to authentically look over my Co-Pub deal to tell me that it was a great deal.
1: And that's important, too, is um, being able to have somebody that knows what they're reading and knows what they're they're looking for in their... Because I know they try to use language and stuff that they're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to understand. At least I wouldn't be able to understand. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's the point to it.
0: Yeah. Like, don't let nobody rush you into signing your deal. You know, take your time. Because at the end of the day, a record company, they know how to find you. They know how to find you. And if you're taking too long, they don't mind letting you know, we're going to pull back on the deal. But at the end of the day, they're not going to pull out on something that is doing very well. You know what I'm saying? Like me and Cheddar, Flick of the Wrist was almost on the verge of selling half a million copies before either one of us signed our deals. So.
1: I listen, that's another one of those songs I listen to at least once a yeah, week.
0: Yeah, man. It's still <laughs> still going crazy in the club. I'm still getting five figures off of that one song.
1: But it's yeah. I mean, if people don't know what they're they're reading, they're gonna have they. You have to have somebody that's gonna look over for you. Facts. And um, if they're interested, they're interested. Yeah. Because they wouldn't. I the way I look at it, they wouldn't reach out to you if they weren't a hundred percent sure that they exactly. It's a their businesses there. That's the reason they've been so long. Yeah.
0: And they have systems in play that we don't have access to where they can go and look in databases and see numbers and have trajectories to where they do these deals. That's the only reason they give artists and producers deals is because they have access to stuff that we don't. That's why they can give you a trajectory of, okay, we're going to give him a million in advance because we know by the time two years come, we'll make this money back and some because of how it, yeah, trajectory, not projectory, trajectory. (laughs)
1: Thank you. (laughs) And then, but like they, um, they, they know exactly what they're looking for. And if you're doing everything that you're just supposed to be doing as an artist, (laughs) Making the good music, having you know the great rollouts and everything, if you're already doing yeah. that, then you shouldn't have to worry about them pulling out because you're already putting out
0: exactly my point, yep, you're putting they out have, what
1: you you're doing you're yeah, doing something know right. what you're putting down
0: man, yeah. and they wanna be a part of it because you're making money without them, you know, so they wanna they wanna make some money with you. that's all it is
1: do you uh, i mean you're you're in a in a partnership and stuff, but do you recommend or are you an advocate for for people or obviously you're you're close with with t s f and everybody there very, very great, independent
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it's just all about whatever works for you, or I would say it's about what works for you, but it's all about the mentality and what you're trying to do as far as influence culture um it's one more thing i can't really uh oh influence culture and how to um generate money Mm. basically so in other words if you're putting so much money into it and you're not really seeing an investment then it would be good to go with a label Mm. But if you have such of a great influence, just like the Sauce Twins had, you don't really need a label because your influence is so strong that you can pretty much press a button and you can make your fans do exactly what you want them to do. It's just like when we first started putting, putting out the drip for real, like everybody couldn't go to the club and not hear music and... Put their hand on their hip and point a certain way or just you know the whole no. you know mm. like all of that is just it's an influence it's like, so
1: influential
0: you don't have to really do anything outside of being yourself to get people to and, fuck with your movement
1: and it's a worldwide influence
0: yeah So, that's why I said, like, the labels, they have budgets to where they can market shit and put shit where you need it to go for the influence to be seen. Yeah. But then, like I say, you have people like the Sauce Twins who can just entertain, and that's the
1: influence. They're just them. They Yeah. They're... There's no if, ands, or buts about it. They're just, pe- people just gravitate to, to them.
0: Yeah, it's just the influence, you know? It's all about influence. You've seen
1: it in all over the music, too. Yeah. Still
0: to this day, from t- it's almost 10 years later, and everybody is still talking about saucing and dripping. Yes, it might have been people that came up with, their idea of it and wanted to push it but it's not about who does it first it's about who does it the best mm. and tsf got it hands down
1: oh hands down for Facts. sure for sure so what what is next for fred man you you're you're growing every day you're growing every yeah. month what is next what is what is the next thing you want to do man
0: man eventually i'm gonna start up a record company become exec you know mm. I see myself being you know like Master P or Suge Knight or you know J Prince or Irv Gotti mm-hmm. who else can I name um, P Diddy you know all these great influential black kings who took matters into their own hands and you know show people that music is just like having equity in stock or equity in land or farmland or anything like that as y'all can see p just sold qc for 300 million dollars man it's a lot of money man it is you know so i just see myself you know pushing the culture even more i've done a lot for my city as far as the culture like you know i was the first producer to kick the door in on a side where we didn't have to talk about the culture as much you know not saying it's nothing wrong it's something wrong with talking about the culture but when people view texas they view us as horse riding cowboy boots cowboy hat swing there, good slow so much more music to. sip and syrup and grills and built big belt buckles and baggy pants and we slow nah i was the first producer to kick in the door and say look we got banging ass 808s there's so much more we got to snappy this. snares snappy hi hats coming through and we got a dark sound that nobody else can recreate even the flow all the way down to You know, the shit that we were doing when we created Flick of the Wrist, like that song broke the mold for all producers, all artists to really just be themselves and make great music. You don't have to come dying. You don't have to know I'm talking about like you can get in the door and make some hot shit. And if it's just hot, it's just that. And yeah. you could still rep your culture. You could still say I'm from H-Time. You could still say we still sipping and drink. We still doing this. But you don't have to make music like it. I yeah. was the first producer to make all producers and artists be comfortable with being themselves.
1: And was that like uh, something you had in mind or would, did that just kind of happen?
0: It wasn't, It wasn't. It, it wasn't a thought in my mind. Yeah. It was just me being who I wanted to be. And I didn't care who thought it was whack. I didn't yeah. care who thought it was dope. More people thought it was dope more than they thought it was whack, though, because we saw millions of singles.
1: And then I'm sure that a lot of people had the same kind of mindset to whenever they heard it. They're like, oh, this is this is different. Yeah. And it's, it's it's you know, it's taking the the music into a different direction and. Facts. it's done nothing but grow the city and grow the sound of the music here it's it's i mean you've changed everything
0: for sure like people don't really like take the time to really understand the catalog or numbers of that nature because it's streaming now but i've literally done anywhere roughly to 200 million streams on, across all my music
1: what is that like whenever, you know, from seeing where you started to where you are now, you know, and then plaques and seeing, you know. I, seen,
0: I seen it. I had dreams when I was young. I already knew what was going to happen. I dreamed about it and shit my pants, not literally, <laughs> but I shit my pants waking up out of my dreams to see how unreal it was and to actually see it unfold. It really didn't shock me like my brother (laughs) he knows like i used to tell him all the time when he got out from prison like we used to go to the club and we used to pop bottles and tear the club up and i used to tell him every time we would leave the club or just when we were together all the time even to this day like bro we gonna be some of the biggest people to ever do this shit out the city and me and him just making music and doing what we do and building relationships we end up running into sauce walker sauce walker and my brother they linked up together and was like man we finna do this shit we gonna call it you know what we gonna call it and this is gonna be the movement from the north to the south you know what i'm saying and eventually you know we just started building and we took over the city fuck the city we took over the world
1: yeah yeah Do you ever take time to just, like, sit back and reflect on it and, like... All the time, man. All the time. I wouldn't be where I am today if I wouldn't have put the
0: necessary steps in to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I didn't really have a thought in my mind to, I'm going to be the biggest. Or I just knew I was hard. Yeah. And I wasn't going to let nobody tell me that I wasn't hard. And the fact that I believed in myself so much it bought everything that came with me believing that hmm. i manifested everything literally from speaking about it to thinking about it to feeling it i brought it to me
1: that's good i mean I, I fucks with that outside of music what is what do you do like what do you are you passionate about anything outside of of producing oh
0: yeah i'm a very passionate cooker mm like, I can cook my ass off, so. okay. I ain't gonna lie, I'm really thinking about it this summer. I ain't even gonna say I'm thinking about it, I already got plans on doing it. I just gotta go get me another pot. But it is crawfish season. My mom, she's Creole, you know, my mom's side of the family is from New Orleans, okay. My dad's dad, they are also from Louisiana, so I have a lot of that in my blood, you feel me? So i'm gonna do some crawfish some shrimp snow crabs i'm gonna start boiling that shit during the summertime it gotta be
1: extra hot though extra spicy oh yeah okay I love,
0: I love it spicy and i know how to make a stupid mean nasty ass garlic butter
1: Ooh, now you're speaking my language that's yeah man i'm gonna I'm switch over to a food podcast <laughs> but yeah i could cook my ass off man i'm very passionate
0: um for New Year's, I just made a super big-ass pan of oxtails. Okay. Big-ass pot of cabbage for my in-laws. <laughs> okay. Fred on the grill. Yeah, man. I, I do a lot of I do a lot of shit, man. I, I'm naturally, I'm a tourist, so I feel very deeply about things, yeah. especially things that I do. So when it comes to small shit like cooking, like I'm very passionate about anything I put my time and effort into yeah and i'm heavily deeply passionate like i said like i feel it like down in my spirit like when i'm making a beat i feel it down in my spirit yeah when i'm cooking the meal i feel it down in my spirit like i literally put love into anything that i do that's just the type of person i am and
1: they both um get uh, a reaction from people whenever you make a good song oh, yeah. That mmm. And yeah. then whenever you somebody try something good, it's that same ooh.
0: Yeah. I was supposed to uh cook crawfish today. <laughs> uh. I was asked to cook crawfish today, but you know, I gotta handle my business, man. I
1: appreciate you for taking the time, man. I really do.
0: Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you for having me, man. Anything you know you need, you know, let me know. Hey
1: man, There's I appreciate nothing. it. I really do. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you at? And then uh, also let everybody know that the beat page, because I was looking through that, man. Oh,
0: man. I, y'all can find me everywhere at Fred on them, F-R-E-D-O-N-E-M. And I have an app coming in a couple of weeks Ooh. where you can go and download the app out of Google Play or the App Store on your iPhone. And I got beats on there, updating it weekly, you know what I'm saying? Plenty of fresh beats, hard beats. You can uh, order Mix and Mastering Services through the app. You could pay with Cash App, PayPal through the app. And I have deals going crazy. So tap in. Or you can go to fredonthembeats.com. Fredonthebeats.com.
1: Hey man, we out here. Stay slumped. Yes sir. I hey. ain't smoked in a little
0: bit so I ain't slumped today but <laughs> come May 10th my birthday we going to get very hey. slumped. <laughs>
1: we out here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Stay slumped. Yes
0: sir.